So, G Money, yeah. were you planning on um, throwing back to the you know intro bit of the start <laughs> where we all decided talking? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He's too busy busy playing bloody wingspan still, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> no, I'm playing with um, Blue Tack. <laughs> Glad to see we're keeping you entertained. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Welcome, all you wonderful people listening to us. Uh, we humbly present for you to fill in a bit of time, uh, discussions with five people of varying skills, expertise, and knowledge in board games. Uh, while we can't promise you'll learn anything, we do hope that we leave you with a, sl- a smile. So uh, today, uh, following on from our last episode, we have someone special, a friend of ours, who was actually at Essen and can provide a much better perspective on it than all of us who are sitting in various places in Australia. Thomas, welcome. Thank you. How are you guys? Sufficient, thank you. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. So you talked about Essen last time. We were debating um, whether not being able to attend these things, uh, how much we would love to, and uh, our thoughts on that being that we never got there. So um, we would really love your views on how it all went. Okay. I also we think talked about a, we're quite bitter about we talked the about fact a bit that of, we couldn't go as well. Correct, yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had a bit of FOMO, Thomas, so. Yeah. No, no, no need to have because, well, uh, I just just saw that you guys do have conventions as well, and that there's a lot of people playing games. And uh, yep, that's nothing else in Essen. But no, okay, Essen has a few people more. I think it was like <laughs> 150,000 over the weekend. So yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, was a great experience this year. Um, it was kind of back to normal, uh, where it was like. 2019 and before um, with uh, all the big publishers having their booth all the uh, tables to to test games and uh, meet people that you wouldn't usually meet like game designers uh, publishers or people from all over Europe um, even queuing there you hear like Italian people from the Netherlands from Switzerland and France so that's uh yeah it's a great experience uh, and I yeah go there since 1992 I wow. guess I'm old right, <laughs> right. Yeah, well I, I am that old um, yeah so that was my 30th year at Essen well 29 w- one just didn't work out because of the pandemic but yeah that's amazing so thomas not to put you on the spot or anything but 29 essence that's a fairly good innings what was your favorite one <laughs> my favorite one was 2019 oh wow um because well it was it was pretty crowded but a lot of good games were available there and uh, I got a chance to play a game I never heard of before, well, well before that Essen, and that is called Gloomhaven for for example, oh, and nice. uh, yeah. p- pl- played that for two days there and uh, ended up getting a copy of it and uh, yeah, fall in love with that one. Um, pre-ordered a game that uh, is called Too Many Bones, from some guys from from Minnesota, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one that hits the table since then. So yeah, that was that was a pretty good year. That sounds like a good strike time. rate for a new games convention for sure. Uh, yeah, well, um, it is fun to talk about it right now. But if you're carrying uh, the Gloomhaven box and the Too Many Bones box <laughs> through these halls for the whole <laughs> afternoon, you, you're just 
yeah, you have a different point of view on on stuff. Uh, yeah, just sending them back to my my place would have been the better idea. But uh, yeah, I wanted to save that five bucks and <laughs> carry them with me. I was gonna say, there's there's two games we've never heard of. <laughs> Well, one thing we, we were railing about the uh, the distance and the time that it takes between a game being announced and played at Essen to get to Australia. So, yes, surprisingly, we have actually heard of Gloomhaven and too many. Yeah, games. that's good. Yeah, that's they did good. make it this far. Out of curiosity, then, because Gloomhaven had been out for a while, but I guess was it available not as a Kickstarter for the first time or something at that at that Essen? Uh, no, I think it was the uh, German localization that was available uh, for right. the first time. Gotcha. Yeah. So Feuerland had that on uh, sale for the first time, and I think they did the uh, distribution for all the pre-orders uh, at Essen as well. So there was an insane queue at that booth. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So how do you um, attend Essen? Like, is it far from you? Do you um, catch a train, or do you have to fly? Uh, no, I actually uh, drive there. Uh, it's like a two hours drive from here. Um, yeah, we uh, start like in uh, like like seven in the morning to uh, be at Essen, just uh, in the in the nice spot between all people going to work and all the people rushing in for the Essen Spiel uh, around ten o'clock. So you have to be there at nine nine thirty to get a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, good, good, good place in the car park, and uh, make it somehow uh, in the line to I don't know, be be early in the halls because if you are like there at ten thirty, you might have uh, started the day at twelve o'clock as well because the queue is just too long and uh, everybody is playing, all the seats are taken, so that's uh, a big of uh, yeah, you just have to to run there to if, if you really want to try something so yeah mm-hmm. and so it's a name drop like who who's one of the most famous people that you've sat down at the table with sit at the table with famous i don't know glendrover uh the designer of uh mosaic and uh railways uh, of the world mm-hmm. or at least in the newer ones co-designer of that martin wallace was the designer of the original one yeah i think that is one of the people uh yeah i i met a few other people but that's just going there and saying hello like uh david turchi or uh, the guys from the dice tower you, you just go there and say hello and maybe chat a few sentences and, and then that's it but uh, having them actually at the table now, mostly normal folks. So that's, I'm curious that if you've been 29 years, do you have like your own kind of like, you know, convention friends that you you regularly catch up with because, you know, you're going to be there every other year? Or is it so big that it's just like you might rub shoulders with someone you've you've met before, but it might, might also not happen? Um has been a, a thing in the uh, earlier years or in the 2000s. We, we met some people there from uh, Dortmund um, that we only met there. So we uh, yeah, just, just said, okay, next year, uh, same time, same booth, and uh, then let's have a nice day. Yes. And we did that for like four or five years and uh, they played the same games, but it is as it is. Uh, you're getting older, you get kids, do not have the time, so uh, don't know what happened to them. I haven't seen them lately. <laughs> but um, yeah, when you were when we were students, you, we went there for like four days. My parents lived like yeah, 30 minutes drive from Essen, so that was easier then mm. to get there. So Thomas, so Thomas, I got a, I got a yeah. question for you, mate. It's um, 29 years going to Essen. Steve, myself, Dave, and G Money are going to jump on a plane next year to make sure we attend the 2023 event. What would be your top three tips for the virgins of Essen? 
There's another good uh, band name, G Money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, make yourself a uh, list what you really want to see. If there are games that are hyped, uh, think before the uh, conventions about where the booth is. Uh, how badly you want to have that one? Uh, because a lot of the hype games are sold they, out. Like they're gone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, for example, Great Western Trail, Argentina. They had like 50 copies a day. Uh, if you uh, went there to to Esmo Day at around 11 in the morning, they were all gone. Hmm. Wow. So Whoa. you really have to be early. Um. That's one thing. The other thing is, uh, yeah, just just uh, take your time uh, and uh, be prepared with some really comfortable shoes. You can <laughs> walk long hours and stand yeah, long yeah. hours on because um, just check my my. Uh, mobile the, the the health app after the uh first day of essen and i had like sixteen thousand uh steps on that <laughs> mm. and, and i was sitting at tables for like six hours a day <laughs> and i was yeah, doing wow. the driving and but it is it is uh, a lot of walking a lot of standing there so yeah uh yeah then uh drink a lot because uh, <laughs> oh. uh if you if you play games for like two or three hours that's what you really really forget and uh yeah so you say oh, you mean water of... yeah no, no I was... I, I, i'm sorry yes of course i don't drink alcohol so uh <laughs> but if you're fine with a beer hey go with that but uh i don't know yeah because i was gonna say it kind of coincides it coincides with Oktoberfest, doesn't it uh no, yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty uh, close. If it's if it's early, yes. Oktoberfest starts in September. Uh, that's oh. like yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know why they call it that, but uh, I think it, it, uh, yeah, is still in October. But yeah, that might be a few weeks earlier. And if you have drinks that size, nothing can happen to you. No headaches is uh, <laughs> coming your way. I think oh. that's a really good travel idea, though. There's an Oktoberfest leading into Essen coming yeah. my way soon. <laughs> and then you head back to Australia and Oktoberfest is happening when you get back. Yeah, yeah. Our silly <laughs> Oktoberfest is actually in October. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Go figure. Great, great routine. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, what was uh, some of the highlights of games you got to play? This year, uh, I think it was... Um... I tested Revive. Mm. Um, couldn't make it to purchase that game. Uh, that was sold out too quickly. Uh, but that's a euro I really want to have at um, the Apporter Games uh, booth. That was that was really fun. Lots of uh, moving uh, pieces there and uh, these post-apocalyptic theme really got me. Mm. Uh, the other one was uh, Sorcerer, uh, published by White Wizard, um, and we actually met the designer there at the booth. We we didn't know that when we asked for someone to teach us the game, but that guy that guy was so passionate about his game. Uh, he, he kept talking, and uh, yeah, that was that was a great experience just to mm. have him and. Uh, sharing his ideas behind all these uh, lore that he put in that game, and uh, he did a lot of the uh, artwork himself, and he explained that and why this and why not. Uh, so that was that was really good. So I think these two games were, yeah, were the highlights for the two days. I, mean, I know some of us have actually yeah, had that a similar sort of experience in Brisbane. I know that's one of the things that really drives me and gets me going in the hobby is talking to people that make the games and they're so passionate and they've got so much backstory and love for how they've created their mm. masterpiece. And, um, you know, like there's so many games out there, but just talking to the person that makes a game that you've never heard of and you might have played once or twice, 
Um, it's so infectious. It's so great. Yeah. So with, with Sorcerer, was that very similar to, because <clears throat> White Wizard Games are so well known for the Star Realms and Hero Realms, was Sorcerer a very similar type of game, Matt? Um, I think he uh, said it was more like Magic the Gathering. Wow. So it was more of a uh, head-to-head, two-player, old-style card game. Uh, where you spend resources, gather resources, and it's big of a darker theme, but uh, yeah. So you have vampires and, and something like that. So oh, that was that was just great. And uh, that guy like spent, I said, what did he say? Seven years in developing the game. Uh, you, you never have an idea if you just play a game. You just think, oh yeah, that's good, that's fun. Yeah, that's right. But uh, mm. that guy would. <clears throat> seven years to to mm. make this game happen so yeah it's incredible that's amazing and just for everyone white wizard have a big sale on right now of sorcerer 47.99 on the website mm, there you go look at you there you go sponsor us with cart with sleeves sponsor us white wizard come on extra large games <laughs> extra large dice yeah. Yeah. so uh, that's Shane's putting that, that out for free, be... White Wizard. You need to. A... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know right. it's early days, Shane, but you, we, I think we got to work on your showmanship. Like, yeah, you gotta... well, look, you know, the old purchase pen might be out. So. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure that's trademarked. I don't think you can use that. <laughs> uh, um, so you mentioned before that you got to play a, a lot of games. What I always just assumed with Essen because there's so much of the uh, like the d- d- developers and and there's so many booths to go and see that game time itself would actually be quite limited. But what sort of what sort of crossover do you have there between actually being able to sit down and play games, but also just checking out all the the stalls? Um, it's it's a big mixture. You have all these uh, publishers having their games on, on on display for sale. You have all the uh, Bigger and, and smaller wholesalers there, they're uh, uh, tr- trying to sell their stuff. But uh, each and every booth has like at least a few, like like uh, two or four or five tables where you can actually demo the game. And demoing in Essen is not just having like like five or ten minutes of the game and getting a rough overview. But uh, we started the game. A day at, at Queen Games and playing one of the uh, Feld City Line ones, New York City. And we actually sat there and played for like two hours the whole game. So they had like mm. 50 tables, one of the bigger ones. And uh, yeah, you could get all, uh, test all the the new city uh, games there, like, like Amsterdam and Hamburg. Mm. And uh, the newest one was Marrakesh, yeah, something like that. So, um, with Mr. Feld sitting in the back and signing mm. all the copies, um, so yeah, that was uh, so you do have a lot of uh opportunities to play the games they are promoting at the booth, but you do not have any uh spaces where you can just uh unpack your board stuff. And, and play for yourself and then look for, for other players and something like okay. that. So that is missing in Essen. Right. They wow. um, had that like last year in one of the halls, but that, was, that wasn't that was there this year because well, more publishers and, and, and less room then. Um, yeah, so that's something I already, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm missing if i if i see something like like uh, your conventions or uh, the american conventions they have these big rows of tables where people just play mm. their games uh, yeah. looking for players and and having that in in essen you really play the promoted games and there's actually a lot of space to do that but it is limited to those games right Got it. Well, like you said, if Queen have fifty tables, yeah, like, that's 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 a fairly big size <laughs> convention by itself. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't one of the biggest booths. So yeah. <laughs> go to Asmodee or Pegasus. That's that's even bigger. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know you. I know you're a massive fan of uh, Too Many Bones and the Chip Theory Group. How how was their stand? And uh, did they have a little glimpse of the Solar Sentinels? 
coming in, out soon. In, incredible. Uh, yes, they um, had their uh, Elder Elder Scrolls game um, oh, wow. on preview, but they, they were just basically talking to uh, people about that. Uh, nothing to to really glimpse at. Um, and I have to admit, I, I went to Essen uh, and saying up front, I just pick up the pre-ordered games and do not buy anything. <laughs> and then I visited the Ship Theory Games booth and ended up with Hoplomachus in my bag. But, um, that was, so uh, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I couldn't resist. Uh, have, having that there um, on sale, the uh, Victorum. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Yep. Could Very be. nice. Thomas, Very did nice. you get any indication of... Way. Sorry, did you get any indication of how Elder Scrolls will play? Did they give you any idea? Uh, yeah. Well, from what I did understand, it is maybe some, uh, something similar to Too Many Bones. Oh, okay. I think they will uh, go on with that line, uh, but under a new brand. Because they just said the the uh, unbreakable was maybe the last uh, part mm. of the too many bones campaign. I think they are going for something similar, maybe not with a four by four grid or a four by five grid as a, a battle map, but something like that uh, should be, yeah, sh should be the Elder Scrolls game. Sounds At least, awesome. yeah. What we know now, we will know more. I think in did they have uh, um did they have um like uh, banks giving out loans in the th chip theory games? <laughs> um, no, actually not. But uh, oh yeah, oh, they should well, become I, their I, own bank. Yes, I was going to say I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you remember but when they when they released. I think it was Cloudspire, or it might have been Burn Cycle. They put out a, a pledge. Where you could spend eight hundred bucks as a once was it, I think it was about eight hundred yeah. bucks. Correct yes, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was about that. Yep. And you get the next everything, the next yeah. three years of releases. Yeah, they they do that every one of their campaigns, but that's only open for ten people. Yeah, but yeah. that's just worth it. You oh, just gotta get in there. That's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get it cheap. Yeah. Best investment ever. <laughs> and and so Thomas, to fill us in, like we've um we've been discussing a little idea we've had around here. Um, it might be something you can raise with them when you're over there next time. So <laughs> we've been looking at the idea of having a game that's made where the currency in the game is actual money that you can, you know, spend as money. Um, <laughs> so maybe next time you're talking to the chip theory games, or if you go by the booth in excess and just, just float the concept instead of chips, actual money. That's our new theory. Yeah. Changing, changing the hobby forever. <laughs> yeah, it's called G-Money Currency. I've already patented it. <laughs> uh, uh, great. Well, I'm sufficiently jealous. Thank you very much for the overview and the, uh, the ideas. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. We were very, oh, thanks. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. We were very unsavory on our opinions of Essen last week, purely out of jealousy. So now I feel guilty for being so <laughs> negative towards it. <laughs> We're also negative towards PAX in Australia because none of us went to that either. So is it looks like it's our it's, it's our problem. But I'm very much in the camp of organising uh, Essen slash Oktoberfest. Mm. That sounds like a trip waiting to happen in September. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, of course. But uh, no, Thomas, it's uh, I knew you would be there again, and um, I was very envious of the fact. Um, I was actually looking out for you every time. I could see the dice tower, you know, running around. I was like, "Where's Thomas? He's got to be there in amongst that 150,000 people. I might catch a glimpse of Thomas." Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do, do better, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, uh, we, we we should meet uh, next year in Australia. But more than happy to. There's nothing to come out here for, like. <laughs> well, well nothing on the board game front. At the very least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come, DG. Yeah. That's our <laughs> yeah. motto. Like, weather's pretty good and, you know, like, the people are nice, but board games are a bit behind. Yeah. We've got drop bears. 
We have we drop pairs, yeah. Do have drop pairs. Yeah. And we have Phil Walker Harding. Actually, well, Martin Wallace yeah. doesn't live too far away. Right. Martin Wallace is there. Yeah. Yeah. Although he went to Essen, so you know. Yeah. Didn't invite us to Boston. <laughs> we love you, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you not fly five plebs over to the, uh, yeah. to the Essen with you? As it, just... No, there's only four of us. Thomas is already there. Yeah, that's fair. Good point. No, Good point. Fly, br- yeah. bring Thomas out to Australia and then fly him over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, sure we've all we've all played Bloodstones. We 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 could have taught Bloodstones for Martin. Uh, you could, that, that'd be <laughs> not a trouble at all. That'd be financially worth his while. That would it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Business uh, decisions. Uh, <laughs> to industry. Yeah. To industry. Uh, very good. Very cool. Uh, well, as I was going to say, you know, did it, did it rain anywhere, you guys at all, on the weekend? No. Um, no, mate. No, not in Brisbane. I was thinking about Rainwater, you know, the other day, and Greg Rainwater plays T-Hawk in Street Fighter. <laughs> if that's what you got for week two, you're going to be struggling come week ten. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. Uh, that's just a little behind the scenes magic, G. Just let me know, and I'll bring up. Oh, it's raining or something, and then yeah, we can work that one in. Mm. Yeah, smooth. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to kick. I'm going to kick it off with two games. How does that sound? Go. Oh, uh, go. So I have been teaching the fuck out of. Um a new game by Thunderworks Games called Ten Penny Parks. And it is fun, super easy, super easy to play. If you can think of Baron Park plus a little bit more for the gamer, that is Ten Penny Parks. And, um, you know, you're trying to build the best theme park. And uh, it is just a fun little game. Everyone I've taught it to. Has actually ended up purchasing purchasing the game, or a couple, at least someone in the group has purchased the game when we finished playing. Hmm. So to me, that says it's a good little game. I don't think it's very well known. Um, Thunderworks Games didn't do a big release of it. The artwork's done by Vincent Vincent Trait, and um, it is just super simple. When when I first got it, I looked at it and went, okay. It's going to be, it, look, it looked harder. I read the rule book, which I never do, and uh, thought, simple. Taught it straight away. I reckon I've taught it to at least six or seven game groups now. Mm. Everyone loves it. I taught it to my wife and my two boys. Now, they're not gamers, as you know, and uh, they all enjoyed it. Um, got cre- I got creamed by my son, Max, which is not hard because he's super smart. And um, so that's just, you know, Ten Penny Parks by Thunderworks Games. Brilliant. You taught me this game recently. I did. It was like one last, week, last weekend in Brisbane. I did teach you that one, yeah. I haven't purchased it. And what do you think? I haven't purchased it, but it's on my, my birthday's next month and it's on my list of uh, birthday ideas for my family. So I may have it come November 12th, but I don't currently have it. Yeah, that, it was. A it was. Super, it yeah. is a family game, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I looked at it. Whenever, whenever I buy games now, especially now that I've moved to a new town and I don't have an established game group yet, um, I look at games as could I play this with my kids, and that's a that's a massive selling point for me. So I quite liked it. Um, just remind me again, though, Shane, how our game ended up. Yeah, you you absolutely smashed. Yeah, it. yeah that's right. Which is not uncommon. <laughs> well, it is for me. So I just like to bring it up every now and again because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I have a storied history in getting However, walloped in games, so I'm happy to you know, brag about when I it do, doesn't happen. I do subscribe to the Vassal Theory and the teacher never wins games. So, yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> Jeez, I wouldn't want to be a teacher then. Uh, but then... Um, then... <laughs> On the, so that, that, that was a super easy game. Really enjoyed it. Great family game. Flip side, I've been playing the heck out of another game called The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. Oh, the old Eric Lang game. Yeah. Oh. Did so, you go against the family? So fucking great. That game, I've played it four times now. I've played it at three players twice, four players once, five players once. Five players is the best, without a doubt. There we were fucking everyone over left, right, and center. 
we were at Aspley game night, which is generally a nice, quiet evening. Swear to God, the five players there on around that table, we're, we're having the best night. So many times the table was going to be flipped because someone blocked someone and or someone killed someone and everyone was sleeping with the fishes. So it is just brilliant. Four players in, it's in my top ten. Does it say in the rules that you uh, you have to make offers that can't be refused? Correct. Oh, it's just deadly, mate. Um, I, I one, my my pl- one play when I play the three three play game one night. It was my last turn. <clears throat> it's all about area con- area control, and um, I came in, dropped a car bomb. And when you drop a car bomb. All your enemies die in that area. Yep. Sounds I like one of Troy's farts. Cleaned out everyone, and I won that area. And that, like, there were there were very choice words thrown at me by the two two other players. Hmm. But that that's nothing on the five player game. The five player game was brilliant, and everyone had a ball. I bet they use the word that's uh, four letters. It has a C in it, a U in it, and a T in it, and that's cute. <laughs> Pretty sure they didn't say that. Yeah, I think people could understand what I was getting at there. <laughs> well, I might segue into a game um, that because uh, it follows in a similar vein of yelling at people and, and carrying on and getting angry and swearing. Um, but I had all that aimed at my children. Uh, because I've recently been playing Lords of Vegas a bit, which is a bit of an old game. It's out of print. Um, I was able to get a copy oh, about a year ago, and I was going to sell it because I hadn't played it. I'm like, maybe I should actually play this before I move it on. And, oh, gosh, it's good. And it's the right amount of luck for a Las Vegas game. Like, it's, it's Vegas. You've got to have luck, right? But it's, um, it's also area control. You're building casinos, and it's this thing where – there's like five different types of casinos. So if you're if you put like one square in an area you control um, of a casino, let's say it's a gold casino, it's got this dice value you put on it. It might be a three value dice. But next door, someone else has got control of that little lot, and they'll put the same color casino in, but their dice value will be a six. Well, now they're the boss of that casino because their dice value is bigger than yours. So you could have this huge casino, and someone comes in and just goes, well, "I'm going to build a." Uh, a more valuable spot right there. And now I control all of this. Thanks very much. Uh, so that's annoying. But then you can also pay to grab all of those dice and roll them. And then whichever dice comes out with the, mo- the highest number then takes control of the casino again. So it's this just this absolute backstabbery and um, frustration game because you're trying to build something and someone comes along and just reorganizes it all. And um, yeah, it just, and then you can go and gamble at other people's casinos if, you, if you're short on a bit of cash and, that comes out of their own money. So it's not from the bank. If you if I go to your casino and gamble and I win, you've got to give me your money. And uh, so it's 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 very it's very light light hearted but mean spirited. If that makes sense, um, like it's it's a funny game, but it's not a uh, uh, it's not a casual game. It, you actually are pissing people off. And when you know when you're yelling at your nine year old child. And maybe dropping the odd f bomb to your nine year old child, <laughs> you know that it's a game that um, would just work amazing in a group of like four or five adults. It'd just be raucous. Um, but I don't know if any of you guys have played that. It's been around for about ten years. But um, first time I played it, I played it a few times since then, and it's um, yeah, it's gold. No, I haven't played it. Um, sounds like I'd like it though. Yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like that one. And it was similar to The Godfather at some point because money's tight in The Godfather, and you got to you got to stash your money in your suitcase and that's what you use for your bidding, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, for extra cards throughout the game. And I had I had two I had two of the highest uh, dollars in, in my hand and I, I couldn't get it into my suitcase in time. And two other players swiped the money off me. Yeah. There's there's a certain card that they can play that says everyone has to play one card out of their hand. So there goes one of my expensive, you know dollars that I've tried to collect, but because I couldn't bank it in my suitcase or launder it, as they call mm. it, um, it was gone out of my hand. I was just like, yeah, I've lost the game. The, the other- but uh, five-player game, just sorry, before I go, but five-player game in that game, the difference between first and last was seven points. 
Yeah, that's not bad. That's a good sign. That's not that's bad a good at sign. all. That's a good sign of a good game. Well, again, speaking of victory points, one of the really cool things about Lords of Vegas is uh, whenever your casino scores, so you play these cards and they'll score different colored casinos. So whenever one of your casinos scores, you get a point for every hex, every, every space that your casino takes up. Um, but you get to, I think it's nine, I get to eight points. And if you want to go from eight to 10, you must score two points from one casino. You can't score two one-pointers. You need to score one two-pointer, if that makes sense. So it forces you to grow bigger. You can't just stay small. And then it goes, you know, you've got to jump two spots and then you've got to jump three and then four and then five. So it's like it forces people to get aggressive because they have to build out. Otherwise, they're just going to get no victory points and stay stagnant. Um, and then the last thing it does is it scores every every casino on the strip. So everyone who's got a casino touching the strip scores. So it's this huge, big push of points towards the end. And you really, unless it's unless someone's on a bit of a runaway, it, you really don't know how it's going to end until final scoring, which is always a good sign of a good game for me too. Well, keeping in the vein of uh, aggressive, uh, angry games, the game I've been playing the most is one of the most simple ones, actually, Skull. Oh, classic. Um, yeah, so <laughs> just, just teaching a few new people and, you know, offending some people and lots of raucous thing. Like, again, it's a very good pub game, obviously. Um, but, yeah, just throwing some coasters around, bluffing some people out. Um, but, yeah, you can't really go past it as one of those quick, you know, five to ten minute Everybody has a laugh. Uh, very enjoyable, easy rule games. That's about all I've been playing lately. Look, agree. I you taught me that the other night, and I was hesitant, wasn't I? I was like, oh, and you dragged me into it, and really enjoyed it, mate. It was uh, a really cool game. And just playing with people like Phil, lucky Phil, yeah. every single time, just the skull. You know, he's got to do the skull, and. <laughs> The only time someone actually managed to call him out and call his bluff, he didn't put the skull down. But <laughs> yeah, just just super easy game where you just place coasters down and try and read people. So, Love you, I Phil. Recommend. There's nothing better in that game than when someone tries to like be a shark and, and, and call a number, even though they played a skull, and then it just gets back around to them and they just skull themselves. That's one of my favorite <laughs> moments in games when that happens. Although we played it with a friend who didn't look at the cards that he was playing and just shuffled them and played random oh. like every time. It's really hard to play against. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't win, but Jesus, challenging. Oh, me. Um... <laughs> Wingspan. Yeah, I've, I've been playing Wingspan on BGA. I've been playing Blood Rage on BGA. I played Everdell with DG. That's right, you told me Everdell. Last week, which was good. I played Twilight Inscription again, and I played Warhammer Underworlds. Nice. Very nice. So when you Yes, that is a list of things, G-Money, well done. Out of curiosity, G-Money, you taught Everdell to DG. Are you a big Everdell fan, or was it just that... Yeah, well, I'm pretty... Yeah, I I was a huge fan of it, yeah. What about you, DG? What do you think of it? Well, see, I'd gone all in. Ah, the the complete collection, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't have anything. I'm like, oh, I should have Everdell. Everybody reckons it's good. So I buy the big thing and, you know, just ditch actually buying it in time and, and ever actually playing it. So G Money came around and he taught me how to play it. It's fine. It's, you know, it's good. It's probably good for what it is. I think it'll be good for the kids when they get a little bit older. But, you know, it, it's a step up from Skull. <laughs> it's quite down on the complexity level for what I would normally play. Yeah, it's definitely down, but I. For me personally, I like it because it appeals to a lot of people. You can it play does, it with lots yeah. of different groups. Yeah, it's and got that... enough strategy that you can play a few times just to get those combos out. But yeah, it's not a it's not the best thing ever made. But but it's a cute game, right? It's a good so, product. Yeah, good yeah. product and a good little deck builder. You can have you know on the side going, but or an engine builder, I should call it. Mm. You get the engine going well. What about you, Thomas? Did you come home? With you sound like you picked up a few pre-orders. What are you? What are you playing since you got back? Is, or have you gone uh, back to an old classic or something? I actually got back to an old classic. Uh, played La Granja like uh, four or five times uh, since last week. So really like that game. I don't know. Uh, it isn't that popular. I think it's like ten years old, mm. and you're. Uh, 
building your own farm on, on the Isle of uh, Mallorca, selling goods to the uh, public market, something like that. But heck, I do love this game. I don't know. Uh, it, it just works for me. Uh, and from, from the pre-orders, I played Foundations of Rome. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Wow. Oh, wow. Had to go uh, carrying that around, this, and that would have been a workout too. We've built up all those muscles carry. from the Gloomhaven days. <laughs> I did carry around that thing, uh, but now I know where to uh, place those things for the rest of the day, and yeah. uh, carry, just carry them from from there to the parking lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, y y you know me, I, I do like the these small games, mm. little boxes. <laughs> Handy, so foundations like Gloomhaven, too many bones. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, Mage Knight Ultimate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. big fan of the Bunch of games. Yes, of course. <laughs> I think I don't own any of those. Um, <laughs> the other game that um, my son and I really, really, uh, yeah, played over and over again was Kapow, which is. Uh, one of these head-to-head uh, -head dice building games. It is a bit like uh, Dice Throne, but actually you have one of these dice uh, where you can put on different uh, sides. So you actually build your dice oh. in that game. And it's a superhero and, and uh, supervillain uh, theme game. And uh, it's, it's quick, it's fun, it's 20 minutes. It's really good. Nice. I heard of that yeah, one. So not heard oh, of that one um, oh, um, actually, Calvin Ostrand, the uh, designer of uh, mm -hmm. Merchant's Cove, co-designed yeah. uh, that, well, co that as well. And uh, he told me to may maybe go and check this out. And uh, unfortunately, I went there with my son and we checked it out. And uh, yep, we Purchased. couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, th th that's that's why you go to Essen. Uh, after all, I I just bought like three games, uh, and picked up two pre-orders. Um, so not that massive haul. Uh, we 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 did years before because uh, behavior just changed. We do all these kickstarters and games come uh, rushing in all over the year. And uh, oh yeah, like ten years ago. Essen was that time in the year where you went, where you could ga get games that our local game store would, would never sell. Here mm. you get these mass market stuff and nothing uh, you really wanted to play, but there it was available. So you went there and came back with like 20, 25 games and then tested them and maybe they were good, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that really changed, that changed. So, Thomas, I mean, we're calling back to the earlier topic, but so going back in your early days, what sort of games did you buy or play at Essen, like back when you first started going? It really depended on the uh, game group that I had at the time. Um, like, we, we had a time when all these Euro games were very, very uh, well uh, played there. Oh, uh, I, I got the old, very old Civilization game uh, from the 70s or 80s, second hand there, that you could play with like 16 people and play wow. for nine hours. Oh, that the... was, yeah. There was, there was wow. a game for, for yeah, w when we were back at university, you had those times. You met on a Sunday morning and didn't yeah. leave until uh, Monday for the first <laughs> lesson in, in university. Mm. Ordered some pizza and yeah, you, you just played that and uh, that was that was some fun. Or Formula D, uh, mm -hmm. that was that was just that, that racing game, just just uh, throwing some dice. But the game group really liked it. And in that day, I think I haven't played it in, in years now. Mm. Um, so it really depended on, yeah, uh, my mood and the people I was playing with most. 
hmm. in years, recent years, solo games uh, due to some pandemic happening was uh, a big theme. So yeah, I do have a lot of games in the newer ones that, that do have a solo mode. I haven't had that in, well, I don't know, years before. So yeah, it really changed. It's amazing to me. I um, I met Thomas. We met when um, the, in the virtual gaming con, um, and yeah. I was teaching. Which I'm actually kind of glad that um, I met you afterwards, and we we kept in touch because <laughs> that was like the worst experience of my life. That teach that was horrendous. Um, teaching a full play account game of Viticulture with Tuscany, and almost everyone was a beginner. And um, I, I, luckily, I don't remember the person's name, but there was one person in that game that was driving me insane with just not picking up the, the like just the mechanic of, of worker placement. And so I'm trying to get through explaining that and then everything else that happens with that game. But I'm just thinking, the reason I'm thinking about it is because you've been to Essen for 29 years. I just can't believe I taught you Viticulture in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's bizarre. No problem. No, that is. Uh, have you have a chance to to look at the uh, new games at Essen list by the like twelve hundred numbers? Yeah, and it, it was like seven or eight hundred in in the years yeah. back. So so many games. Uh, you really. win. And, you win. <laughs> and I actually, I'm in the hobby forever, and mm. I ordered my first Kickstarter in 2019. Right. Kickstarter oh, really? wasn't wasn't anything for me till then. So um, how many now? Before all of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all of them. Yeah. He's currently he's currently backing everything on Kickstarter. <laughs> no, actually, uh, s- s- settling down. But yeah, uh, it it really changed. Um, well, that that's probably a good question, Thomas. What was your first Kickstarter? My first Kickstarter, I think it was, oh, it is still not fulfilled. It was Archaeus. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> still uh, not fulfilled. Uh, Your first one. Why did you get back yeah. for a second? I guess you wouldn't have known it wasn't going to fulfill. But, yeah. Uh, what about you, Steve? Uh, I'm not not proud of my first one at all. Um, it was a little game called Charty Party, which was essentially a, <laughs> a rip on um, Cards Against Humanity using... Uh, like a, oh, no, a let's not go there. charts, like X and Y um, charts. So you'd you'd be like, you'd get a topic and you'd have to put like what the, like it'd, it'd have a graph, it'd have a line and then you had to put like what the X axis is and what the Y axis is. So it could be like, yeah. how bad are your farts? And you'd go like, you know, super stinky and super wet or something, you know, really hilarious stuff. I, wow. I, I opened it, I looked at it for about five minutes and I went, nah. And I sold it. <laughs> I sold it in a package with my copy of Cards Against Humanity and How Do You Meme or whatever that one was called. I sold it as a quote party pack on the local uh, marketplace, and it went. And I'm and I was she wanted a bargain on price, but I don't care what you pay me. Just see you later. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> so my first good one uh, was um, I was probably smartphone. Hmm. Would probably be my first one that really stood out. What about you, G? Uh, Vindication. Great game. DG? Do you even, you don't have that Vindication. Oh, I gave it away. Yeah. (laughs) Gave it away. (laughs) It's great, though. But someone else deserved it more than I did. Uh, I'm totally buying Charity Party. I just looked it up. It's 35 bucks. I mean, (laughs) that's like the worst 10 minutes of my life. Dave, when when are you playing it? Oh, and I'm yeah. busy, and I'm busy that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, uh, no, mine. I I got on pretty early with Kickstarter. I got um, uh, what's the cats exploding kittens? Oh yeah. So I was a big fan of the Oatmeal, who's the comic, and it was uh, 2014 or something when they they launched their first Kickstarter board game, and it sort of blew up. I think they they did blow up. Ninety thousand percent funded or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that got me in pretty early, and then obviously, yeah, it, the game was all right, and there was other things that came on with, but that company made a lot of money, and so 
followed along with some of their stuff and then started getting into some of the bigger mini heavy stuff um, you know i think i'm up to over 100 or something now well to no surprise mine was circadian's first light yeah right so, i was actually thinking when we, we start, first started talking about this podcast i'm like this is gonna be weird i'm not gonna be the shem fanboy anymore no you're not the shem fanboy no mm-hmm Oh, I tell a, well, I, you can be the you can be the charty party fan. Well, actually, I tell a lie. I've just jumped on a Kickstarter. It was actually Rival Restaurants was my first Kickstarter, and that's not too bad. I still got it. So there you go. No, you said charty party. we're editing all the other stuff out, mate. I'm just I'm, I'm just looking at my the first few that I ordered. It's so clear that it was early in the hobby because I've got Rival Restaurants, too many poops, charty oh, party. God. Terra Below and Throw Throw Burrito. They, that's that. If that's not someone not having a clue what the hell they're doing, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is the early days. Yeah. Well, mate, that's going to stick to you like an X and Y wet fart. I can tell yeah. you right now that one. <laughs> what would you admit to something like that? <laughs> What's hilarious is DG's just looked it up and it's thirty five bucks. I paid fifty five US for that. Amazing. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> yeah. Put on a chart how much it cost me then and how much it cost now and see where it lines up. <laughs> that's 35 Australian. That's like... Oh, yeah. uh, it's not, that's it's not, $12. It's not even worth that. Like, seriously. Yeah. That's about 18 uh, chip theory chips. Mm. Oh, that's hilarious. Wow. Well, I'm not. Well, I've I, I got to say, you know, well up, well done, Steve, for standing up and being proud to not, you know, actually calling out that you did. Proud's, proud's a strong so. word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's call it owning it. Well, let's move on. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Like that, Kickstarter is obviously, you know, it's trackable and it's a bad thing. What's the first game that you remember buying? And maybe you can redeem yourself here, Steve. Ticket to Ride. So, and I still love that game. So, um, yeah. The American or Europe edition? It was the American version that I started with, but I prefer the Europe version. So, yeah, no. So, can't go wrong. We only played it last weekend, actually. So, it still gets played. It was definitely the gateway for me <laughs> by a long way. Yeah. Unless nice. you count like Risk, but I don't. So, because I've had that since no, I was no, a non Milton Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah. Thomas, what was your first game you ever bought? With your own uh, money. Own self-earned or pocket money? Pocket money was Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Oh, that's... What a... 1984. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> that's still like... That still Sorry. stands the test of time, that game. Though. You've done well there. Yeah. 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 That, was, that was game of the year, I think. 84, 84 I think, yeah. What about you, Dave? Well, mine was Hero Quest when I was little, but that was—I think my parents bought that for me because I complained a lot. Um, the first game I actually bought myself was Agricola. Oh, nice! And I'm pretty sure it was Agricola. Like I don't Agricola. know when Agricola started. <laughs> but you know, now it's Agricola. So, um, and I still remember bringing it home that day and trying to teach four sort of late twenties drunken people how to play Agricola. It's just a mess. <laughs> but, yeah, started strong. Grant? Oh, um, uh, Settlers of Catan. Oh, nice. classic. Oh. And then Puerto Rico, like, almost oh, straight man. after that. I remember playing a lot of Puerto Rico with you. I love Puerto yeah. Rico. That was the, that was, so Settlers of Catan was, like, the gateway game. Mm. Yeah. But Puerto Rico was the game that made me fall in love with yeah. board gaming. Nice. I used to I used to love board games as a kid, so I um, played a lot of board games as a, a little fella, and um, and yes, Monopoly was there, but uh, I didn't pay for it. And Crossbows and Catapults, if anyone remembers that back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, but I got back into the hobby later on in life, and I uh, thanks to to the Dice Tower, I was watching the top ten essential board games everyone should own back in two thousand and seventeen or whatever the date was, and. Um, I ended up buying 10 out of the 30 games. Um, so the first one I did buy, Steve, was Ticket to Ride. Yeah. I think I did. Then Charlie I did, Party? Sounds, no, Charlie Party. Sounds very yeah, and similar then too to what many I did, I'd be interested <laughs> to see what else you bought because it sounds very similar to what I actually did when I got into the hobby. Yeah, so I think from, from, that, from that night I bought Ticket to Ride, Pandemic, 
um, Biblios. Love Biblios, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, stack of others. They just the list kept growing. I uh, I, I did the similar. Yeah, basically, Ticket to Ride, Pandemic, Dixit, Carcassonne. Um, uh, that's yeah, they're the five that I can remember off the top of my head. So yeah, uh, Bang the Dice Game. Oh, yeah. That would have been semi well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a few others as well. I just can't remember them now. Cool. Oh, Bandito. Have you guys played Bandito? Awesome little card game that was in there. So, yeah. I bought 10 that night and that got me back in the hobby. Nice. To so, my wife's yeah. disgust. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to round it out, G-Money, or are we, uh, what do you want to do? I did mine. Well, no, as in like no. the show. <laughs> oh, the no, show. Just before we go, so it's still on the um, <laughs> on the topic of we've done first Kickstarters, we've done first game. How about, and we can all redeem ourselves here, what is your favorite game that you own? Terraforming Mars. happiest purchase. Terraforming Mars Big Box. So not my favorite game per se, just my favorite no. game that I own. Your favorite purchase. Oh, can I count Anachrony? That huge thing that I still haven't paid you for, DG, yet? <laughs> well, the pledge manager closes this week, so you have to Oh, pay good, me. good. Yeah, that. But, yep. That counts. All right, we're maybe all, we should have been all thinking, show about five minutes ago. So I was going to say, we're all thinking, this bit out. We're all okay. thinking in sign, you know, but... Uh, you know what? Like, if you can go board game and Jason, I would say my Iron Clays. Okay, mm. yeah. Mm, that's a good call. We, we can accept that, yeah. I'm just like, there's a lot of great board games, but I use those Iron Clays, like, almost religiously. If there's money, it's Iron Clays, unless I've got uh, metal coins, but, yeah. It's the closest we've got to the dream yet. Yeah. Um, I will say too many bones because my wife bought it for me and it came from the States. Cool. Oh. I know. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to finish this thing off then. Well, what about Thomas and sure. yourself, mate? Oh, Thomas. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot he was there. Oh. Uh, uh, so 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 grateful. Thank you, G Money. Uh, <laughs> it's just like Gloomhaven. I always forget you. Oh, no, there's, 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 there's always there's always some space under the bus when you are around. That's okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I, I I I will not go with uh, too many bones. That was no, no that that wouldn't wouldn't work. Uh, no, uh, I I really think the Reckoners. Uh, oh, yeah. Good game. Yeah, it's 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 simple. It's he- heck overproduced, but it's so much fun, and you can teach it to everybody. Mm. That's great. I still think I'm the happiest with my TI. Yeah, I just think it, it caused so many people to get into that game. It's still yeah. such my favorite experience, um, and I think everybody sort of contributed. Like G Money bought some bits, and somebody else printed some bits, and. Then we got the mat, and then we got the trophy. Like people just love it. So I think everybody got on board with it. But it's still my favourite game I purchased. And now, and now you play it once a year for your birthday. So yeah, well, so and you only once a year. All right, wrap a bow on this, Mother G Money. Okay, so huge special thanks to Thomas for um, giving up his valuable time. Thank Tell you, us Thomas. About Essen. You're amazing, mate. Can't believe in episode two we've got a German correspondent. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we look forward to next episode. Uh, it's going to be Halloween themed. Mm. A little bit of Spooktober. <laughs> so um, we're going to discuss our five favourite horror films. Okay. On top of what we normally do. Sounds good. Fair enough. So be prepared. <laughs> Thanks for telling us on air to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's live coast to coast. So. Uh... Oh, brilliant. I'm going to have to start watching some horror movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you other gentlemen. Thank you. Well, what, a, what, what a way to end the week and start the next week with all these magical people. So thanks guys.
But G Money, you need to do a formal introduction for the rest of us. I guess. Before we, we go. Got... So we can, we yeah. can, we can... Oh, was I supposed to introduce you guys well, as well? No one knows who we well, are. <laughs> exactly. It's the first episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I should plan something. <laughs> I thought he did. did a great job I introducing did, Thomas. I just, like I was I like, just, oh, <laughs> he's going to do Thomas, then he's going to move on to G. He's going to move on to DG, no. and then he was like, I don't... talk, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone care who we are, though? Really? <laughs> well, no. If this people. is if this is the first one we publish, we've at least got to say our names. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do well, it in post. We'll do it in post. Yeah, that's now. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I'll do it now. I'm tired. I got my cup of tea. I got my chocolate scotch biscuit. But so, like on Tuesday, you're just going to send me a file going. Oh, this is also like yeah, we can. Jeez, you know, in. More like no, Friday. Like, let's let's just leave it for episode three and just it'll be hilarious. 